0: hello friends welcome back to the podcast today's episode is brought to you by from within records over the weekend i was watching instagram stories and i saw from within records post that the one scene Unity comp is coming back this summer which blew my mind i'm like okay that was such a random time to announce it but this is why you should be following them on twitter and instagram for awesome news like that so make sure to stay up to date with from within records follow them on all social medias and make sure to look forward to new records next year from mh chaos coming out of chicago Warren out of the swb scrant wilkes area and then now we have something to look forward to next summer the once a new media comps coming back i'm super stoked and i need to get in contact with the people over from within records carter i'm going to call you i need all the info asap just kidding but also Support from Within Records because they support us, such an awesome label, and I literally support everything that they do. So shout out to From Within Records. On today's episode, we traveled to Long Island. We had to track down Frank and Connor from the Somerset Thrower. Such an awesome band. And I was super stoked that they're gonna do the podcast because think about last summer when I was in San Diego at the Shea Cafe and I saw Somerset Thrower for the first time. I knew at some point in the future, I had to have somebody from the band on the podcast. So fast forward to a little over a year later, Connor and Frank came on the podcast and it was super awesome. I was super down to talk to them, especially since they dropped their latest record. Paint My Memory. If you haven't listened to that yet, head over to Somerset Thrower's Bandcamp or Triple B's Bandcamp or boot up Spotify, Apple Music and search that record out awesome music the whole record is seriously so fun front to back i'm really stoked on it and it was my pleasure to be able to talk to more people from long island i love the long island scene they seriously have something special going on i've been saying that for at least a couple years now since i've had on draw the line so uh long island's awesome i can't wait to get back but for everybody who's a fan of somerset thwer i hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as i did so please without further ado welcome connor and frank to the show Right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Frank and Connor.
1: What's up, man? How are you? What's going on?
0: I'm I'm doing all right. I'm stoked to finally have you guys here. Um, just real quick, um, obviously uh, we've uh, talked privately behind the scenes, but if you guys could just introduce yourselves and uh, talk about what you guys do in the band, that'd be awesome.
2: Cool, man. Uh, yeah, my name is Connor. I play bass in Somerset Thrower. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. My name's Frank.
1: I play guitar and sing in Somerset Thrower. I'm a Virgo. But, uh, I have Two cats.
0: Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to start where I first discovered you guys and then skip to the very beginning. So this was uh, last year. It was uh, backtracked. They were on their final run. they were doing some shows out here on the West Coast and you guys were a part of that and i was able to catch the show out in san diego at the shea cafe and, oh, cool. and at that point i'd never heard of you guys i'd only you know recognize you guys from from the flyer so i was there i saw you guys live and i was just like so surprised that i had never listened to you guys and i was like uh, and i felt stupid and this happened from time to time that <laughs> there's a band out there that i'm so into that i just had never heard of before and it and just like blew my mind i'm like how the hell did it take me this long to even like figure out who you guys were so you know that night is where it all started for me
1: that's awesome man that's, yeah, that's awesome to hear. But we're uh, we're a small band that doesn't really do much, so it makes sense yeah. to probably here.
2: That was pretty much that was the biggest thing we've done as far as playing shows. I think, especially yeah, yeah that definitely got us out there. that okay. was a, a thing for us. Okay, that so
0: so th- that's where it started for me. But for you guys, um and this is all based off the band camp. uh You guys put out a demo back in 2013. So you guys can you guys just go back to the very beginning and talk about how that demo came to be and how the band came together?
1: Yeah. Um, So Connor and I and Tim um, and John, really, we all kind of grew up in the same scene, obviously, the Long Island, like hardcore punk scene. And uh, Connor, you know, I've been a little younger than everyone else. So I kind of started going to shows because me and Tim were from the same town and we grew up together. And then Tim had become friends with Connor through other mutual friends and kind of lives in Babylon. So we all lived really close. So we kind of just started hanging out. Um, I don't know. And then what? We started band. were uh, agent kind of was going on at the same time as we were playing
2: with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, it all kind of came out of like we were all in. Uh, Tim and I were in a band called Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Frank was playing in a band called Halfway to Hell Club. John was in a band called Polygon and we all of our respective bands pretty much broke up around the same time and we were Tim and I had a practice space from our old band and we pretty much just started jamming because we all were bored as all get out and then just came together that way where, you know, we linked up kind of just wanted to jam out kind of just took it from there and just started playing out songs we wrote like five or six songs that no one ever heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we and then we uh, we uh, came out with that two song demo. And then we started, you know, playing pretty regular shows.
1: Well, then Tim broke that his ankle, right? And then we didn't play <laughs> shows for like a long time. And then we that's are, right. Like, right now we'll start. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Basically, we were all just friends in the same scene who went to see each other's bands and just, you know, we were just around and we knew we wanted to start something. And that was really it.
2: And uh, how do you? Yeah, guys- we, were all, we were all pretty much at that point in our lives where you know you have your little like throwaway part-time jobs and stuff like that, and when the band breaks up and that's pretty much your <laughs> your main thing, right. you, you kind of get another next thing. step. And so thing. you kind of just gather whoever's left <laughs> and you just start jamming out.
0: And I was just curious yeah. uh, how you guys decided to play that type of music. Like, why you guys didn't decide to go with, like, another Long Island hardcore band?
1: Right. Um, so, we all love hardcore, obviously, but, like, we're also, like, big fans of, like, all types of music and stuff like that. And, you know, we wanted to do something that was, like, aggressive but melodic. And we we all really love Fugazi. And that's kind of where my head was at when we started the band. I was like, I want to yeah. be like Fugazi, but I want to have, like, melody, like, you know, like, the Beatles, obviously. Yeah, like, we don't sound like that, but, like, you know, just... <laughs> that's the kind of shit that I always wanted to write and that's just the kind of shit that I always did. write, You know? So, and all yeah. us wrote that way, you know?
2: I think there was like a big thing where, uh, when we were growing up and even before we got into the scene, there was like long Island. So I guess known for having these like, uh, alternative outside post hardcore type sound, mm-hmm. uh, Silent majority garden variety on you know, the might of princes, all these big bands that were like seminal to us, yeah. and, like, huge. Um, and we right. kind of, I guess just wanted to kind of fill that void because, you know, like Frank said, you know, we all came from like hardcore and stuff like that and punk, but it kind of just became one of those things where we wanted to kind of branch out and see what we could, uh, what kind of, uh, sounds we could, uh, conquer. Yeah, we wanted right. to honor the greats.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I honestly, uh, think it's cool that you guys a- appreciate like those bigger bands that came before you, and you guys are you know keeping the tradition alive by playing that style of music and doing it well. Uh, one thing about the band I was curious about is uh, where's the name come from?
1: I'll let Brian um, take back it. to you know, it's, it's a me and t- my beating right now fiance actually got me um the Beatles anthology when we had first started dating like ten years ago, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Tim and I were just, like, really stoned in my room, like, watching it, and we were, like, just starting the band, so we were, like, just looking for things in, like, the you know, in the documentary, and it's, like, a it was, a I guess, around the time Sark and Pepper was getting written, uh, John Lennon was, like, I guess, messed up on, like, drugs, he wasn't into the band anymore, he didn't know, he wasn't writing songs, so he would, like, take inspiration from just, like, posters, and he saw, like, a Carnival poster or something, and uh, there's, like, me, and Tim kind of like paused it on this. He's like, yo, let's take something from this, uh, you know, poster or whatever. We paused it on the image and we just saw like the celebrated Somerset thrower. And we were like, Let's use that. That's cool. What does it mean? And like yeah. a year later, we're like, Is this good or is this weird? <laughs> it's stuck. So it's fine.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think we solidified a name until like just under a year of us playing because honestly, like coming up with a band name is probably the most arduous and aggravating yeah. task i feel like when you you kind of just want to be yeah. done with it you could have been, <laughs> been called
1: filter you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah
0: no I, I definitely get it and I, I i was um spoken about it before but at, at at this point i just i'm i'm so surprised that there are still bands coming out that have like cool names because it's just like yeah. you, you think about and, and and this like spans across like all genres and you know names are getting snatched up left and right all the time so it, it's yeah. surprising to me when people can come out and still have something unique in that you know clicks
2: right? yeah yeah when you see like some bands and you're just like damn that wasn't taken yet that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what? yeah you know mm-hmm.
0: so <laughs> between the demo and uh, the next release so that you guys next ep uh of falling swingers uh, there was like a like a two year gap and was there like a specific reason why it took that long for you guys to come out with your next release
1: was that when tim was i mean yeah. I don't know if that was Tim was hurt. I I can't really remember. Tim would actually probably, he remembers everything,
2: Yeah, he's got a memory like hell, but uh, I I think you're right. Yeah, Tim was out of commission, the drummer, you know, the guy that needs his, you know, legs intact. (laughs) He was out of commission for, like, a good, like, four or five months or something. So then, but I think we kind of just afterwards kind of, I mean, there wasn't really a lot going on. We were playing little bar shows and stuff like that here and there. but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we were, you know, we were all trying to start our careers and stuff like that and figure that out. And, uh, were yeah, in the rest, I guess. there we're wasn't really a, any reason we were kind of approaching it as just like, you know, this is fun. Let's just do it at our own pace. All
0: right. So um, there was that, the two same- year- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. I was just going to make a point that, um, you know, we, um, <laughs> Uh, Anthony Corallo, who recorded our demo, also recorded Godspeed and uh, other stuff that we've done. Um, and, you know, he recorded that. And then our friend Phil Douglas from the band, Latterman and Iron Cheek, he was like super like always down to record us. And, you know, early on he recorded Falling Swingers. So I don't know if it, maybe it was just like us writing and trying to figure out our sounds and scrapping stuff and just trying to see where we wanted to go. That's probably why it took a little longer. And we were kind of just not we knew we weren't going to be touring at the time. Yeah. So I think we kind of just took our time. We were like, we'll play shows and it'll be cool and we'll just try out random stuff. And then we kind of just started finding out
2: what we wanted to sound like, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, we we definitely like recorded like pretty much all our practices and stuff with like voice memo on the iPhones and stuff. And sometimes I go back and I like listen to those. I'm like, what a different like sound that was. And it's just like,
1: yeah,
2: I think like Frank said, you know, you spend that time just pretty much kind of refining and like, you know figuring out your like exact sound you know not to be yeah. like boxed in but kind of yeah. I just don't know what we sound like
0: arena honestly, like, I'm like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I how do you even figure that out because I, I feel like if I was in that situation I'd be like so fickle and I, I would just not figure out like you know like man like what should we sound like because you, you know you guys put the demo and then two years later you guys are still kind of like a new band and um, you know, mentioned yeah. you guys weren't touring or anything so it's just like you guys are still there in those early stages still trying to figure things out So I feel like I can imagine what that process would be like.
2: Yeah, it gets weird where it's just like I I never really cared for like the whole thing. Like, oh, no, we have to keep in our lane and like stay within this specific sound or whatever. You kind of just, you know, jam, see what comes out. And I mean, you know, the first few years of any band, I feel like anyone will tell you it's just, you know, finding your sound and you just. Play around and practice and stuff, and just kind of jam the same part over and over and over again until it becomes something yeah. else, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were
1: definitely driven to like write songs too. I feel like we wanted to be like,
2: you yeah. know,
1: we want to be a typical rock band, but like really, we, were, we just wanted to like write good rock songs, you know what I mean? But yeah.
0: right, okay, but and then also <laughs> that release you guys um, worked with uh, Dead Broke Records, which you guys are still working with today. I was curious about um, how that relationship formed.
1: Yeah. That's another one. Like Mike dumps was there from the very beginning. Like he was putting on my, my old band halfway to hell club. Um, and then like a bunch of other local bands and he was always, Mike was another one. Like we met, uh, I guess, did I, I feel like I knew Phil before I knew Mike, but then I knew Mike when I started playing in halfway to hell club. And then, yeah, Mike just kind of like, was the man and he just wanted, you know, he liked us early on. He was like one of the first people who was like, Oh, this band's sick. He saw us like live
2: at the brew house (laughs) in Lindenhurst and, uh, is that a first show, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Mike, cool. Mike's one of those guys that's uh he's pretty much the essence of like DIY especially on Long Island. You go to like Iron Sheik and everything came out of like his whole, you know, crew of people and but yeah, if you think of like any Long Island punk bands and stuff that you've heard of in the past like 10 years, I can guarantee that Mike has had a hand in it. Even like bands like, you know, that put out from wherever like beach slang and stuff like that like mike's put out like pretty much all of it you know mm-hmm. so he's always had his hand in the pot so he was definitely uh was definitely a big part of like our our you know humble beginnings <laughs> yeah he was there
0: was it important for you guys to work with somebody like that to keep it local
1: yeah definitely and mike was a friend you know before anything you know he was just a funny guy who hung out and drank beers and smoked weed and I was like oh,
2: cool and uh, <laughs> yeah, he he got really got our,
0: really he got 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 our okay that, that's awesome and, and you mentioned he was at your first show uh, like how would you uh, describe that very first gig because like going into it you guys you know had the the demo how many other songs did you guys um have to play live?
1: probably playing the ep and stuff or like stuff you know we had an instrumental i remember we played covers we were always like a band who like just didn't care about playing covers because i know a thousand songs (laughs) and they've always made fun of me because like i literally pick up a guitar i'm just like playing like any random song (laughs) probably wrong but just like trying to figure it out and uh but we were always down with covers and stuff so we definitely played covers early on and uh just probably just stuff we were trying out instrumentals again like you know weird stuff yeah
2: we didn't really uh, i mean we could always play you know like a 15 20 minute set if you just threw us up on a stage wherever we were but most of the time those first few shows are at like bars and you know smaller clubs and stuff that where it's just like you know our friends book the show and you're just yeah. like oh can we play and it's just like the day of it's just like you want to play a set it's just like sure yeah we can do that <laughs>
0: and how are you guys like we we guys like pretty tight you guys all knew the songs and it, it didn't really you know sound too sloppy if you guys would just hop up there
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know you know it some nights uh, you know you're in the pocket and you're just you, you're you're right on but mm-hmm. some nights it's just like i think yeah. we played a bowling alley at one point oh that was nice. that was like in the early days and, and i mean it was it was a funny show because i think after we played we realized you know but Bo- playing on the lane of a bowling alley isn't really good for like acoustics and like reverberations. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. I remember hearing like a, a recording on a f- someone like took a video or something. It's just like all bass, and it's just like you know all the pins and bowling balls. It's just like <laughs> why did why did we play this place? <laughs> yeah, I, but I, you, I could- you know you have some good shows that kind of reinforce you, and you're just like mm-hmm. yeah, man, we're killing it. And then you have those shows that kind of even you out. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like that's uh, you know those shows like at the bowling alley uh, I feel like I, I kind of miss that kind of stuff because well obviously uh, this year's uh, been strange but before uh, I right. uh, here in Orange County um, we have uh like plenty of venues we have an awesome DIY spot shout out program right. but I uh, like in the early 2000s I, I always remembered getting like a, a flyer off MySpace and you know hoping that the address that they provided was right and showing up to just like the strangest places and hoping that the show was there so he- right. so hearing about you you guys, just playing in a bowling alley like that—you uh, know—it's it, uh, pretty awesome. It just brings back some old memories of going to weird places for shows.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's not too many of those types of like DIY spaces. I feel like Long Island, kind of, you know, especially when we were younger, you you had so many like places that were like, you know, eth- like there was a Masonic temple and like all these churches and all these bars that would have like all ages shows that you kind of. There's not too many of them now, especially you know post COVID. A lot of them are you know not hanging on unfortunately but you know uh yeah those types of weird um eccentric show places like that you know like a bowling alley or something but when you're in the moment you're just like yeah this is normal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and
0: I just want to move on to the split that you guys put out. Um, and th- There was another gap uh, uh, from the Falling Swingers to to the split. There was a three-year gap. And I- I'm just beginning to realize, do you, know, you guys just like to take time in between releases just to kind of r- refine and yeah. write um, new music?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure really what we're... I guess, you know, <laughs> between working and just yeah. hanging out. I, I really can't even explain how... Uh, it's funny to think, how many years was it?
2: between the EP and the
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, 2015 wow. to 2018.
2: Yeah, wow. you're making me you're making us like feel <laughs> lazy, like we didn't do it. <laughs> no, no I, no. I feel like it's not a bad yeah, thing. like um, especially with that split, those songs were recorded like and then it just took a while for them to see the light of day through you know whatever factors, whether it was like getting the label, like getting it printed and stuff like that, getting it mastered and mixed yeah uh, but we were st- I think in the midst of like you know that gap, we were still like writing all the songs that ended up on Godspeed too uh-huh.
0: right yeah, that's true <clears throat> there was an interesting uh conversation uh that my buddy Nick from Numerality, excuse me numerality being posted on Twitter um yesterday he was asking what people's thoughts were on splits, and uh I chimed in i I said i I think they can be interesting uh but for for me when i look at splits i I always uh in my eyes it it tends to be uh one band will kind of fall off and then the other will tend to you know kind of push forward and just continue to to grow and and that's not for every split but that's just um what i uh you know what i think mostly happens and i was uh listening to the split and obviously, uh, you guys are here today on the podcast. And I was like wondering, I was like, oh, like I've never heard of Mouth. Like, let me look them up. And I was having trouble finding out where they are. Do you guys still keep yeah. in contact with them? Or are they still even a band, do you know?
1: Yeah, no, they're not. Real. No, I don't think they are. We're, they're good friends of ours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my friend, Matt Reynolds, who I played with in uh, Half-Foot Hell Club. And he's been yeah. in a bunch of other bands. And Chesco, uh, Francesco, Francesco um, he plays in Saint Hood raps Reps and um yeah they're they're just good friends and they're from Lindenhurst, from the same town you know um as me and tim um but yeah they're they're they you know they're just another band that like an awesome band i really like mouth um yeah they kind of just did it just because you know just for fun like you know the same reason we started we're just like we're not going to be a serious band. we're just
2: going to put music. right Mm -hmm. up do what we want to do i listened back to that split not too long ago and i was just thinking about how you know i was those mouth songs are so heavy, <laughs> yeah. so good. And it yeah, it kind cool. of, yeah, it makes me mad that they're s- not still around because Matt, yeah. I mean, they came back, uh, they played a couple of shows like a couple of years back, uh, yeah. just as like a one or two time thing. But yeah, it was they pretty much. One of Capitol's last
1: shows. Right? Yeah. In, in this Chris Smith's
2: basement, his parents' basement. Right. And uh, yeah, they, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but by the time that split actually came out, I think they were pretty much. I think when it like was released formally, like on the tape, um, originally, I think they had already pretty much just, fell, you know, fell yeah, off.
1: yeah. Yeah, they were still friends and doing stuff, but they didn't. Oh really yeah. Set a goal to like
2: do do anything other than what they
1: wanted to do, I guess. So yeah, you know, and everyone gets jobs and does other things, so that's kind yeah. of probably happen. If you like, if you like mouth, you check out Honey Bunny. Cause that's another cool. Uh, tone tone who did Godspeed and like some of our other stuff he um, recorded cool. that it's really cool
0: okay I'll I'll, I'll definitely I want to check that yeah. out I might forget so I'm uh, if, if you can yeah. at some point send me a link because I'm definitely yeah. going to yeah. check I'll that out
1: you up on Instagram okay
0: and um <laughs> and is that weird uh, to get like asked to, to do a split because i, I was put in the situation uh like last year i had some uh friends reach out they're like hey uh, do you think you can ask uh you know uh, this band to do a split with us and i was like uh sure i guess like i'm not any type of like R person or or you know i was just like just the mutual friend and i was like all right this is weird i'm just letting you know this is weird for me to ask i'll i'll ask and i'll tell you exactly what they say but uh you know just don't like you know get mad at me if they say no Um, But like for you guys to to get approached to to do a split, do you guys have to like think about like you know how it like represents the band, or is it just like not even a big deal to you guys? (laughs) And I'm just like looking too into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was just like, oh, you guys recorded two songs. Oh, Mouth recorded two songs. You guys want to just do a fucking split, so it's like maybe cheaper or like right. just cool, a cool thing. Like, and we were like, hell yeah, fuck it, like, why not? Yeah, I, Matt did the artwork. I like the artwork for that split.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, Matt did a great job with the artwork. That was one of those things. I, I think splits are awesome when they like yeah. hit right like that, but especially I think it makes it go farther. Like when you're friends with the other people, the Mm -hmm. bands, you know, like the other band. Um, So I think when that came up, we were just like, oh, yeah, we play with, you know, Matt's bands or like Chesco's bands all the time, you know, like, it just makes sense. So when Mike approached us to do it, we already had, I think we recorded like four songs just for the hell of it. Um, I don't even think we originally planned to have those songs on a split. And it was just like, we had four songs, we just picked the best two. Right. just threw understand. it on the split.
1: But yeah, we grabbed uh, yeah. one of those four songs, right? And then we used, um that was uh, Eject from yeah. we used that request. Oh, yeah. So one of those songs
2: ended up on the first full length, Godspeed.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that was the same session that the split songs and the song Eject was the same session with <laughs> Phil Douglas. Right. At his house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I think it's cool that you guys did that because it, it's awesome to, to look back and um you know obviously two bands coming together to you know put like some awesome songs out together so that's cool i like when bands do it and um i'm trying to think like what other splits are that are like more recent that have come out that i'm really into but i honestly can't think of anything right if i'm being yeah. honest I,
2: yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i huh. can't think of any either what was it there was no i was gonna bring up that incendiary split but that was like Long eight time years ago. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was a good split but yeah that, that, yeah
2: that's
0: yeah. a good one um oh but speaking of incendiary i i, I love that band like and i and i feel like i with like each time i do a podcast um especially with anybody from like your guys's area i'm like always just so surprised at like how uh like tight-knit and awesome like your guys's scene is and i feel like that's why like, i'm always just so like you know down and wanting to talk to so many people from your area just because uh i i i I didn't like think it was that special until i started talking to everybody from it and realizing like how connected you guys are and then just like even just taking a step back and just thinking about how many awesome bands are are from there it's crazy
1: yeah it's really it's cool everyone's friends we all grew up and even the younger kids and the older kids it's all like we all like know each other in a weird way like i don't know like I'll go, like, Lyndhurst stuff, like, Lyndhurst is where, like, Salt Majority's from, and, like, Neglect, and, like, some other cool bands, um, but, like, if you know about those bands, and you, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like it was just, like, kind of a thing that we all kind of loved those bands, we were a little younger, so we didn't get to see them in their heyday or whatever, but, like, they were still around in other bands, like, Tommy was in Blood Red and then Capital, and then, like, you know, everyone was just gravitated towards that, and then, like, younger kids saw Capital, we saw, like, Blood Red, and it's all right kind of a thing like that. Not that it started there, but, like, that's just kind of, like, like, where my point of view was, because my cousin had went to school with, like, Tommy's uh wife, uh now wife, and, like, they were friends, and, like, she gave me, like, a Saw Majority uh, CD, and then, like, I got into it when I was, like, 12 or 13 or something, and then, like, I'm, you know. So, I feel like it's just, even the younger kids, and, like, you know, I'll say the Smiths, who have, like, Chris has, like, oh, yeah. younger brothers, and Michael just, like, brought in all these new hardcore kids to get into Backtrack, and, like, Tim and I played bass and backtrack. We all, like, grew up, you know, Vital is the reason that we all started going to shows, Um, you know. So, you know Vital and backtrack and all those dudes, right, Chris and them?
2: Yeah. I mean, especially, like, Incendiary, too, is, like, I've known Brian, Brendan, and Matt McNally for, like, and all those guys since we were, like, going to, college out on long island and stuff and we would just end up at parties together so it's just always those things like same thing with vital vital was always around for me and tim's like first band caught up and stuff so like it just spreads around and everyone knows everyone and it's just like when you're at a show it's just like you're meeting people for the 50th time because you've all been around each other for you know decades at this point Yeah. yeah yeah
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to at some point in the future to be able to go to a Long Island hardcore show because I've never been to a show out there.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, man. It's so weird right now. You know, it's really strange, and it's just like sinking in every day because it's like, when is it gonna not be
2: weird anymore? But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, hopefully it's hopefully it it's back. one of those. Yeah, like I said, I mean, there's there there haven't been too even pre-COVID and stuff like the venues were kind of here and there. You couldn't really nail down one specific, maybe Amityville Music Hall. That's pretty much like the beacon right now for like Long Island, like music scene and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm hoping like, you know, when things get back to some semblance of normal, we can have shows again. Cause I mean, the Long Island scene is just, you know, it's one of the best things around because, you know, I met like, Ninety percent of the people I'm best friends with because of it. Yeah, you know. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Was there any that closed recently on Long Island?
2: Yeah, Revolution.
1: Uh, Revolution. Yeah. That actually, speaking of the Saw Majority, that's where the Saw Majority like last show, like a, a bunch of good shows were there. Like, last like, the backtrack show. There, last backtrack show. Indecision, like that was the last show I went to. There was the Girl and Biscuits show. I yeah, drilled yeah. them all, and Indecision play. there was two shows. Yeah yeah uh and yeah that's a cool venue you know like they they could do the bigger shows you know amityville's right down the road amityville music hall mm-hmm. um and um that's like kind of where we played a lot but we played revolution and a
2: lot of bands played revolution you know, a lot of
1: hardcore shows would go on there you know yeah shout really out
2: cool. shout out to john Scanlon, pretty much the yeah. Uh, main yeah guy as far as yeah. you know keeping those venues in line and you know allow you know having them allow us like continue to have shows and stuff i mean he's booked us at revolution a couple of times and stuff on some yeah. very big shows which was huge for us but you know he yeah. books shows over there he books shows down the road at amyville music hall wherever he yeah. can get a venue and he's got a touring band or something like that he's always helping out yeah
0: do you guys know how uh shakers pub is doing is it still open <laughs> I
2: I it shakers Pub yeah we yeah. just got we uh it was chris from backtrack actually just posted it was like two years ago when we played there with backtrack and it's oh, funny yeah. to think about how they were the first ones through the wall trying to have that show <laughs> a couple of months ago what was that like oh no that was like three or four months ago that was at like the height of COVID. Was, yeah, of that. That was... <laughs> you had yeah, to you had pretty pretty to buy good. like a chili dog to get in there apparently
0: yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing that uh spreading around on twitter i, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, didn't make
2: Long Island look too good.
0: <laughs> yeah, no,
2: didn't make our scene look too good. But you know, yeah, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> when when I think about it, there was like, like there was like four shows, uh, to my knowledge, that have happened uh, during the, the pandemic. There was that one on sh- in, in Shakers. There was one somewhere in like I think like Tennessee or North Carolina because I saw like random like uh, somehow I just made down to my my Twitter feed. People arguing about right. uh, that show happening, and then there was the. Um, the show in uh, Pennsylvania. And then there was one in L.A., uh, which I, I I found out about after it happened because people asked me like why I wasn't at the show and I was like oh I didn't know what was going on it was a secret show nobody told me about it uh, yeah. but I honestly I probably wouldn't have gone because yeah because at that time it, it was just crazy and I, I just didn't want to be around anybody and, and I still really don't want, yeah. really want to be around anybody so I was like yeah I was like I don't know that's, that's uh, it
1: not really a really really good band for me to want to go <laughs> right exactly I mean there was but like something
2: bad. I think I think in like was it Tennessee was it Tennessee or was it Oklahoma that it was they have Like an emo night or something, and oh, I was just right. like, Who wants to go to an emo night during? Like, uh, aren't quarantine? you going up right now? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: that's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've never been to an emo night. I remember, uh, I used to work for this uh, merch company, and we used to print the uh, merch for the emo night that happened out in LA. and I would always get invited by co workers because we would have to deliver the merch and i was just like I, I and i worked two jobs at the time so that's the reason why i couldn't go because um it would go super late into the night and i worked really early the next morning so yeah. I, I was never able to go but I, I would see pictures and stuff and wasn't really my thing like the only time i ever felt like i missed out was when like you know like random celebrities that i was like into were there or if like certain bands played that i wanted to see like randomly popped up that was the only time i would be sad but for the most part i was like ah, i don't really care about singing songs that i like with right. strangers like that that's weird
2: <laughs> yeah it's especially like over by me and tim where we live like in brooklyn like they they used to have like they would just like be pop-ups and stuff in brooklyn like emo night brooklyn but like i was at a bar once and someone like was just like oh come to this bar and then and then like an hour into it they started like playing like my chemical romance in like midtown and i was just like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. i gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah yeah
0: but the um, Emo Night in Brooklyn, that's the original one. Uh, but the one out here, like, stole their idea.
2: Yeah, there's, like, there's, like, a million LLCs. It's, like, Emo Night, Oklahoma. And it's just, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get that whole thing. But, you yeah, know, whatever. Nostalgia is, you know, a huge thing, I guess, especially in, like, big cities like that. I
1: guess. You're getting old, man.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> How old are you guys, if you don't mind me asking?
1: I just turned thirty-one in September.
2: Um, I'm, I'm the youngest. oldest. <laughs> um, yeah, Frank's the youngest. I'm thirty-four.
0: Okay, so we're we're about the same age. I'm uh, I actually turned thirty-two like in two weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. Thank you. I'll uh remember this part of the podcast. Um but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, just play that
2: on loop. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh
0: thank you. You're the first person to wish me happy birthday. Um I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, I I tend to I, I trip out because I started going to shows like hardcore shows in like uh 2002. So you think about from 2002 cool. to right now uh 2020. I I just feel old sometimes when people would tell me that they have never seen certain bands I'm just like what the hell that's so weird because I was like there when they were active and doing shit but like you've never seen them so I'm like okay this is weird so I I was like this is how a lot of like the older heads when I was into it when I was younger like were when I was coming up so like okay now I know what that feeling is like and it it is strange
1: Yeah. yeah right
0: But uh, time kind of flies by because just being into it so much and just like it being such a big part of my life and me loving it so much. It just never really felt like it had been that long.
1: Yeah. When you're younger, you don't think about it. You just do it and you just it's just what you do. And so whatever else is going on in your life, like, you know, I'd remember a record that came out probably more than I remember, like, an even like kind of significant event in my life. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, that's just what you do. And it's just it's all of a sudden you're 31 and you're like what
2: yeah you're right it's it, it gets kind of weird when you start seeing like people like you start seeing people on like linkedin that you played shows with like 10 15 years ago <laughs> i like, i saw someone from like a band my old hardcore band played with on linkedin it was just like what's up man i'm just like oh nothing he's just like yeah i'm in marketing now just like Last time I saw you, you were like passed out on a couch in like some house party in like Jersey. You know,
0: like, yeah, that, so it gets weird like that. That is strange. That's what, what I always feel like when I uh, go home because I, I moved away and it's not that far away. I, I moved from uh, like the Palm Springs area to Orange County. And whenever I go home, I just try my best not to uh, run into anybody Uh, because when I go home, I I only see like my family and like one of my best friends, Nate, and that's about it. Like anybody else I see, it's um, accidental and it's always just so strange because like people still think I live there, which is totally fine because like I didn't make some like formal announcement that I was leaving but people will just yeah. like from high school will, will try to talk to me and it's just those conversations where were like oh like how are you how have you been like what's new and it's just like those are the ones that I hate because they don't really care and it's just like I don't want to tell you about my life I don't even want to be talking <laughs> to you so it's like it's it's so strange and I it actually happened to me uh over the weekend I was actually in a like a GameStop like trading in some stuff for my PS5 and I, I ran into this guy that I knew and I was hoping he wouldn't recognize me because I've gotten like a lot more tattoos since I've last seen him and I was wearing a mask. So I was like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't recognize me. But somehow he (laughs) knew exactly who I was and like what was talking to me. And it it was okay. Like, I I don't want to be mean, but it's just like, yeah, I just don't want to be there and like talking to all these people who used to know me that don't, don't even really care about me. It's just weird.
2: Yeah, you were at like one of the last Game Stops left. There's like none left in this world.
0: Yeah, like that <laughs> um,
2: I, I I I saw someone. I we're from Long Island, but I live in like Queens, and I saw someone that I know that I haven't seen in a while that I guess moved into my neighborhood. But I was wearing like a mask and like a a baseball hat, and I was just like ducking them out, like while I was waiting online at this cafe. And I'm just like, if they fucking see me, I'm like dashing, man. Like, I can't do that. I I just like hide. The mask is like such an upgrade in that whole thing Mm -hmm. with like (laughs) like social situations It's just like, oh, they didn't see me. I'm out like I'm just running down the street. I was I was watching this thing, like this interview or something
1: with John C. Riley the other day, and he was just like, yeah, man. like, I still I go to the store wearing a hat and like a mask. and People still know who I am because he's like a distinct. (laughs) just pissed
2: you
0: know yeah yeah it's definitely strange but um moving on to uh, godspeed i uh, just curious uh, about that record uh came out in uh, 2018 uh i was just curious about the cover uh, where was that photo taken oh
1: yeah becca ladder is our good friend shout out to becca she's done pretty much all of our artwork except for the demo which was just yeah sure that john stole Paul mccartney handed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that out so we don't get sued right uh, Paul McCartney smoking weed, but yeah, Becca did all the artwork, and then not like other than the split, but yeah, she's great. And we took that at a, um, a movie theater that's you know right in right between Babylon and Lindenhurst um, called South Bay Cinemas. And we grew up, we all grew up going there. So uh, yeah, we actually saw Independence Day too. That was the <laughs> last movie we saw there together, and it sucked, and we were very upset. <laughs> we went
2: home and watched Face Off, John and yeah, so, or I think it right was. There i think it's you know it's one of those it's a it, it's like one of the most recognizable things especially for like people from long island like you know ron from hangman the other day at the druthers thing like brought it up he's just like what he was like that's like the most iconic thing you could put on an album for long island. <laughs> yeah like my yeah. brother who's like you know 45 is like he, he worked there when he was in high school and like hooked mm-hmm. me up yeah. with posters there when i was a kid yeah. so like i like we all went there like saw our first first like movies there and stuff like that so it's just it, it got it like shut down after a while and it was just dilapidated and we were just like this would probably be the best record cover we could yeah. get on
1: the original plan was to go because they had like a weird like it, like a staircase that led to like the roof so we really wanted to do that while it was like closed down but then i guess we just decided not to yeah, oh, it's just came out awesome. Beck, that. Is, Beck is really good. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I really like that cover.
0: Yeah, no, it's sick, especially with like all the clouds and yeah, that just old. And I, I wouldn't even guess it was a theater because uh, you know I, I couldn't even tell. Yeah. What, like honestly, I'd probably guess it
2: looked like a gas station or something. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just
1: a cool looking weird thing that we, were, you know,
2: that was cool. John's a North Shore kid, but we're all South Shore kids. So like,
1: yeah, you know,
2: you know, we beat him three to one and getting like the, you know. Huge tourist attraction of South Shore, like iconic uh, places. So, yeah, it was nice. But, yeah, shout out to Becca. She's the, uh, you know, our go to as far yeah. as photography goes and stuff. She's uh, Becca Later Photography Instagram. Hell oh, yeah. they up.
0: I'll uh, post that in the show notes. Uh, but I'm curious about the uh, first track on the record, New Car Scent. Can you talk about uh, the meaning behind that song?
1: Yeah, um, uh, that song definitely. I think that was one of the last songs we wrote for the record. Okay. I think it was around the time that Donald Trump had like announced that he was running or something like that, or like. Yeah. yeah. I just remember thinking like, I hate my parents because they like love him. (laughs) (laughs) They're not like MAGA people. They're not MAGA people, but um, you know, they're not. They're religious. Well, my mom is, so it's like it goes hand in hand. So it's whatever, you know. But it's well, it's not whatever, but. You know what I mean? But I was like, fuck these old people trying to tell us what to do, man, you know? But no, it I don't know. It just <laughs> it kind of just came. I was uh at work and I had like an acoustic guitar there and I was just like feeling some type of way, I guess, and I just broke that, you know.
2: Yeah, that one came together really quick. That was yeah. like a one practice thing. Frank showed us pretty much the whole song and we just like nailed it, yeah. You know? Yeah. So and it's a perfect opener, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. Uh so going from the split to this first full length, uh, at what point did you guys kind of feel like you, you kind of found your sound and felt comfortable enough to actually write a full length? Because I feel like that's kind of a big deal to jump up and actually you know put that yeah. many songs together in a body of work and put it out.
1: It's probably what you were saying before, about how like time, like Connor was saying, and you know we had all that time and we were just writing songs. We're like, oh, this is a good song out of like the 10 songs we just wrote. Let's just keep this one. Right. Okay, this is another good one. And then over time they added up. And we're like, oh, we have. Like eleven, twelve. We recorded twelve songs for that, and then scrapped two. Yeah. We were, you know, we were like, we'll make a ten-song record, and you know, so that was really, yeah. You
2: know, yeah, I think. I mean, the especially like the majority of those songs, like, uh, you know, Frank came to the table. I mean, Frank came to the table with like a lot of the songs, and they were pretty much all done. But you know, I think they just developed like on their own. There wasn't really much struggle with any of the songs as we wrote them and stuff so i think um and we already had eject from like that last session which is like i think the sixth track on the record um but yeah it was like those two songs we cut just didn't like mesh with the rest of the record so it was just like when we outlined it it was like a perfect you know through
1: it like a consistent it's a perfect progression yeah one sound yeah exactly kind of
0: and those two songs that got scrapped—are they just gone forever? Or are they stored away somewhere?
1: Yeah, we debated like we talked about like twice, I guess. Now since we've recorded them, like, should we release them? Should we, and we go, go back and forth, like, oh, they're not so bad. Yeah. And they're like, nah, they're not great. We're not, we
2: you know we could do better. Yeah. stuff. we're pretty good about like putting stuff out there. So I think in total, out of like all the songs we've like put out, we maybe I think we've held back on like three of them. Altogether, there's one from the split sessions and the original four though. Yeah, you count those.
1: Doesn't really count before we did anything.
2: Right. Yeah, but but like as far as like recordings go, like after like the demo and stuff, I think we've pretty much put out like the majority of the stuff that like we if we go into I think the thing is like when we go into like recording mode it's just like we don't we don't leave much to chance you know i'm pretty sure we're like well rehearsed on like a song so if it's just not if it just didn't come out well we're not gonna put it out but it's very rare
0: yeah well i i think it's cool that you guys actually care that much because uh some people could look at it. oh it's it's just two songs you could have just you know stretched the record and just kind of slapped those on and uh, you yeah, know yeah. nobody really would have known how you guys actually felt about those but but, but i think it's cool yeah. that you guys actually care that much and you're like all right even though you, you put the work into it um it just didn't feel right and you guys you know made that decision to not put them on the record
1: yeah i mean that's a good point because i feel like we're all fans of like albums you know and like full concise like listen to the first track to the last track mm-hmm. and it's like a thing and, yeah you know, not that we're like playing a concept album or anything but like you know you kind of you know we love to like trackless the albums were always like throwing shit back and forth at each other like this should be number one this should be number two, and it's like yeah. you know we reach an agreement but like uh it's you know we just want it to be a cool like a concise kind of thing we don't need filler songs you know if they're it's not that good and then it just doesn't make the cut i guess
2: yeah we're big on like you know making it like a cohesive with like ebbs and flows as records go like where you know i, I think it's like comes down to those things where it's just like I th- you know people just listen to like x amount of songs from a record and then skip the rest it's just like that just seems psychotic to us like mm, we're right, just like right. we want to make a full album that's just like from start to finish it goes through you know ups and downs and you're just like caught at every like note where it hits so i don't know yeah nice no, <laughs> yeah
0: I, I definitely appreciate that because when i listen to a band i want to uh, appreciate them as much as i can so when i can you know put on a record and have full confidence in it that from the first track to the last it's going to be an enjoyable experience that yeah that's what i really like so the, like and obviously th- those are the records that i I'd love to put on because it's just easy to listen to and i know that i'm going to enjoy it. there's not going to be going to be having to like you know shuffle through my phone to skip the next track or uh, exactly, do any of that because yeah. I, I i don't love every song off of every record that i listen to but then there's those ones that you you know stumble upon you're like wow this is awesome front to back they they did like a really great job so it's it's cool and i i like that and i want to like be able to appreciate that stuff in real time and not uh you know skip stuff and then you know find out that you know this one song that i've been skipping years later was actually like fire and i've been missing out this whole time yeah yeah true
2: yeah i think it's weird because like i think if you go into a record and like after the second or third song you know if you're gonna like if you like that band, if you've, if you've never listened to them before or something. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're not tuning out by the third song, you're giving the whole thing a shot. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so this is me, I'm um, inserting, uh, my love for K-pop. I, I just got into K-pop mm-hmm. like, like more, like more recently. Oh, yeah. It's, it's probably been like a, a couple of months. Uh, so just like, you know, diving into the genre and finding out about yeah. new bands and uh they they like to release stuff like you know obviously korean time uh like in the evening like six or seven p.m and uh for me that's like 3 a.m so like i'm like already clocked in at work and yeah. and I, I always find that uh i'm so excited to listen to these new like bands when they put out their like new albums or whatever but it's like three in the morning and i'm still like you know half asleep so uh, i've like, yeah. there's been so many times where like i've listened to new music and i was like oh that that wasn't that good uh but then i'll revisit it like later in the day when i'm like actually like functioning and i'm like wow like i totally like interpreted this like way wrong and i actually liked it like way more than i thought so it's, <laughs> right, it's always strange to me and it's it's literally the same music but it's just like you know it's just like the time of day so i'm always like tripping out and i always have to give things like a couple tries before i decide if i like it or not
2: right right right, right. what's your favorite uh k-pop yeah what you check out here
0: Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Sorry. So you guys are both asking stuff. I wasn't sure if you're asking the same question.
2: Yeah. 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 What's yeah, what's your favorite K-pop? K-pop record of the last year?
0: Okay, so my favorite K-pop record of, of last year there's this uh, there's this rookie group. Uh, they're called Weekly, and um, and it's weird with K-pop because they'll do like mini albums before they come out with like uh-huh. their actual album. So uh, right. th- this band uh, debuted back in I think like May or June, and uh, th- they came out with uh, We Are, and then We Can, and it's just like both records have like four songs each, eight songs in total. So like they're my favorite group that have come out and I've only right. been into this for like four months, like, like seriously. So, <laughs> right, right. Right. so, so if anybody's curious, uh, go to my website. I wrote a little blog about it yesterday and I have their first music video up. So you guys can go check it out. There's a little plug.
2: I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're Get on Yeah. <laughs> you're educating me because you know, I, I don't know too much outside of like, actually I don't really know any like K pop and stuff, but my yeah.
1: mom's best friend. Um, her, she lives across the street and her daughter uh, is like a huge K-pop fan mm-hmm. and it's like put me put me onto it a little bit but like not re- like barely so I'm to check that out it sounds cool yeah. like, I mean I've definitely been like wow this is like a whole like scene or something. you know it's like a cool like crazy new thing
2: you know yeah I feel like there's you know I try not to be the old guy or whatever and like <laughs> stick with like the same stuff i've been listening to since i was in like high school or something so it's just like anytime there's like new genres and stuff i'm always very eager to check it out and see if i you know if it
0: with band stuff yeah same here and like not even like just k-pop but even like i'll just dive into like older bands that i just didn't really have time for or even bands that are still active that i just haven't had time for i'll just you know try to um, use my time uh uh, a little more wisely these days since uh, i have uh, more available time to do stuff so i I, yeah i I just love music in general because i I just music is just so awesome uh oh uh, yeah so it's it's always fun to go out and explore thing
2: with the I did the same thing with, like, uh, especially in, like, the height of quarantine, like, in New York City, like, we were locked down for, like, X amount of months or whatever, but it was just, like, I'm working from home, I have my headphones in, mm-hmm. and I'm just, like, listening to records from bands that people have been telling me about for, like, years. And I'm finally, like, oh, yeah, I really like this. Like, there's, uh, there's like, this label exploding in sound that's, like, a Northeast label that puts out, like, these bands, like, Pile and Speedy speedy ortiz and stuff and i pretty much just like listened to everything that record label put out they put out like oblov and like stove and like all these really cool yeah, uh, post like hardcore bands uh and so i was just like wow this is like the one benefit of you know being stuck in my apartment for however long <laughs> it's like i'm finally checking out this band that i've been told about for years
0: yeah and giving it a fair shake cuz there's been times where people will post stuff and just you know put it in front of your face and like you'll check it out but it's just like uh, it's weird because like not everything clicks at the same time you know it's not like oh i'll, yeah, I'll yeah. listen to a record two times and then i'll fully understand it it's like no like things just happen in uh, you know different places and different ways so it's just like i, I always yeah. just try to check things out i'm um, not like when i'm just at home even like when i'm driving or at work i'll just like, you know have my bluetooth headphones in and i'll just you know be like all right i feel like yeah. this might be the moment so like, i'm always just listening to stuff like constantly just trying to figure things out you know
2: yeah definitely I mean it, and like you said you know there's stuff that like you know in the moment where it seems like it's like flavor of the week type stuff and then you know months or years down the road you you finally check it out and you're like I was an idiot for not checking that out I don't know why it took me so long to get into this band <laughs> yeah. thanks yeah
0: so uh, last thing about uh, Godspeed uh, where does the album name come from does it have a special meaning
1: um, Godspeed. I don't know why. I feel like we wanted to do, like, I don't know. It just felt right. I don't really remember even why I wanted to name it Godspeed. I think that was my idea, right? I think. <laughs> I don't know.
2: We're, we're trying to get on tooth and nail. We're trying to pivot into, like, a Christian sound.
1: Godspeed. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. we got to think about the it's longevity crazy. of this band.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we wanted, like, something like... Because it was, like, drivers and, you know, like, I, I definitely... Um, like records that you can like drive to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think I guess all music you can kind of do that too. But there's like yeah. certain records that you want to put on when you're like driving on like a road trip, and I don't know why. Like right. I was just kind of like throwing all those kind of ideas in my around my head, and
2: Godspeed just sounded
1: cool. I thought so.
2: Yeah, that's like the biggest compliment I feel like I've gotten on the like the last two records. People are like, yo, when you like blasting this record on like the lie which is like the long island expressway oh, just, and they're like it just hits different man and you're just yeah. like that's fucking awesome that's exactly how i yeah. want people to listen <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah yeah exactly
1: that's how we listen to it for months before the record comes out just um, yeah
2: exactly driving just, around. Overly, just listening on and on yeah. on the ocean parkway yeah yeah <laughs> exactly
0: you mentioned the lie i i've been on it once and I, oh yeah, and I, I'd, first time and only time to Long Island, and uh, my friends and I were leaving, and it was a Friday afternoon, like around like four or five PM, and we didn't understand yeah. how bad traffic was going to be, but dude, we were stuck Jesus. on that thing for so long. It was, I was like, cr- it was so That's crazy, a fucking
2: nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> the LAU ninety percent of the time sucks, but you know, when you get that nice stretch of road where you can go over the speed limit and just fly is really fucking awesome. And especially listening to a good record is always cool.
0: And so I became a, a, a fan of you guys in uh, 2019 when you're on that backtrack tour, were you guys pretty active uh, with Godspeed when it came out in that era?
1: Yeah, we were, yeah. We, went, we did like the fest. we did like a mini little yeah. tour with iron Sheik down to the fest.
2: Um, we were doing yeah. some
1: other stuff that doing? was
2: definitely our most active like you know as far as getting out and playing outside of long island and stuff we were playing you know little weekends we did a weekend with our our friends in adult magic check them out they're fucking awesome um but you know we did like boston philly and stuff like that and then like frank said like Sheik asked us to like tour down to uh the fest down in gainesville which was you know like four or five shows and we you know I those were really good shows, especially the Fest show we were really uh oh, happy with. But yeah. yeah, and then like right after that, you know, we were still, you know, uh and then, you know, Vital and Ricky both were just like, Yeah, man, we're doing these shows out on the West Coast, like uh we want you to open these like four shows or five shows, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um and we were just like, uh, absolutely, you know, just mm-hmm. excited to get out to the West Coast and, like, play for, you know, people that have never heard us. <laughs> um, Both
1: times, the only two times I've been to the West Coast would be because of Backtrack. Like, I went with them <laughs> because I was just a fill and paste player in 2009 because I was good friends with Chris and Vitalo. And then I met, like, Ricky and John and, you know, them. And then literally, like, they asked us to go back. And that was those the only two times I've ever been to California. <laughs> so thank you, Backtrack. Yeah, thank you, Backtrack.
2: The boys.
0: It's wild. Uh, um,
2: that oh, weekend, uh, that's wild. That weekend, that's right. I
0: My friends and I, we went to San Diego because uh, I forgot somebody like had work and couldn't make the the LA date of the backtrack tour. So we had this um, idea like, oh, like why don't we just go to San Diego and do the two shows back to back because the the night before was the Eco Strike magnitude. Uh, tour yeah. that that was happening, and then you guys were um you know, your tour package was playing the next night, uh, but then you know, it turns out that LA show, the two tour packages combined, and I was just so yeah. bummed. I was like, w- I'm like, <laughs> I, we should have went to that because that just sounded so yeah. awesome, and uh, to see like all those amazing bands in one night would have been like so it, sick.
2: Yeah, yeah, all those bands like played in like the the span of like forty minutes too. I think yeah. it was like <laughs> they all like funneled into like one spot. And then, like, um, but, yeah, that L.A. show is awesome. I think the San Diego show, I, we were just psyched to be anywhere out there. Um, and we got to play really cool venues like that. Uh, yeah, the San Diego show, it was just like, we were just like, before it started, we were just like looking at all those flyers and stuff. It's just like, damn, this is like the quintessential. Like, It's pretty much like. You know, the hub of like the Bay Area, like scene over there. You're seeing like nerve agents and like all these other bands like played there, and you're just like, damn, dude.
0: Like, yeah.
2: Um, I think we're, I think especially out of those shows, I'd say we probably played our best and had the most fun at that Berkeley show at Gilman. Oh, Gilman. That That was like great. That was was a lot. And that was also like a huge thing for us because we're like, you know, huge into like, you know, day and like all the bands that played there like jawbreaker and stuff and so like i think right before we played we were like we just have to play the fastest fucking set like Mm -hmm. just fast loud and just get off and like that was a
1: really fun one because was that after we that was before the um it was before san diego it was before san diego yes it was a
2: weird it was a weird route we went la yeah Berkeley, San Diego, Vegas. It was we just like see the, the weirdest... a Bridge
1: Because we drove over it like 2am like or something and like the fog and it was just we couldn't see anything.
2: Yeah, I was I
1: driving was, I over the bridge.
2: And, cause, cause yeah, I, was going crazy. I was driving over that bridge and Tim was just like, yeah, this is the bridge. I was just like, no, what? <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> see it. <laughs> and yeah, but I just remember it when, like
1: because I think I drove the next day. Yeah. I, my voice was blown out. I know that... Uh, John Reese from uh, Hot Snakes and, try, and Drive Like Jehu and like some of our favorite yep. bands was, was there because he's he's buddies with John and he came out to see us which was really cool but I, my voice was just shot that night I was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: yeah we were trying, to,
1: we were like, like a little let down he was like, but uh, he was like uh, you got he's like you guys played really well it was cool
2: I was like thanks thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> don't have to lie to me no it was it was awesome <laughs> that was such a fun time yeah, yeah we, had we had a great time I mean Vegas was just weird. <laughs>
0: where'd you guys play it in it was, vegas uh, it
2: was like no it was like a it was like a legion hall or something it was like yeah. you
0: oh know, like okay
2: yeah yeah you know, it I, was like right off the strip it like it was weird though
0: okay yeah i i think my buddies booked at a uh, black path uh, booking if I, if I remember correctly yeah, yeah. pretty sure mm. they, they booked because they, they do most of the shows out there in vegas but the, um okay I actually forgot that the show was great.
2: it was just you know just being in Vegas like I'd never been to Vegas and like mm-hmm. we were just like driving around during the day and like yeah it was just a weird situation we were like damn we stayed at the Hooters hotel and it's just like yeah that was that's a awesome yeah yeah
0: Vegas is that's a strange place i I was in Vegas uh, I think like last month because uh, it, it was my buddy's birthday and he really wanted to eat at a hell's kitchen like gordon ramsay's restaurant cool, so yeah yeah we went for that but um it, this is like obviously still in the middle of the pandemic and it was just so strange it was the only time i ever felt kind of nervous like actually being yeah. in public <laughs> i
2: was like i don't they know open those, they opened those casinos up like pretty quickly i think like into like the quarantine stages, I feel like. Um, no, it was just weird because I remember just like it wasn't like the show or like even being at like the hotels or like the casinos. It was just like everything in between. Like we got chased by like this fucking <laughs> crazy guy. Oh wow. When we were like driving around, like, yeah, like we shared like Cornholio too. It was <laughs> yeah. Dude, this guy, he just had crazy eyes <laughs> was- and Tim was just like Connor, don't look to your right, and I like look <laughs> over, and this guy just starts gunning at our car. We were like, holy oh. oh. fuck! Oh. Just yeah. drive, like. Yeah, he, he was
1: because we got there early, and yeah, uh, he was. There, we we're like, what's going on? Where's the venue? And then this guy was just like in the middle of like the desert, just like staring at us, and we we're like, oh shit! And then he started
2: running at us. He, he was, was like running full us. speed. He was like going like we were going like sixty, and he was like <laughs> on our level. We were like, damn. <laughs>
0: It's crazy. Vegas is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange place, but um, I'm glad you guys were able to experience it. Uh, you know, at that point, hopefully, you guys will be able to get back there in, in the future.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So, um, but overall, um, you guys had a good experience on the West Coast for that um, run. We yeah, a,
2: definitely. Hell of a time. Yeah, we got a, we got our, we got to spend time with a, a few friends that live out there and stuff. Like uh, Keith Pilsen our boy, uh, lives out there. We stayed at his place and in uh silver Lake, I think. apartment. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my towel was there. So it was just like, we were just hanging around and stuff. So it was real, it was a lot of fun. Like I haven't been out there or like, I had been to San Francisco when I was younger, but that was about it. Like, so it was really cool. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I, I always get a little jealous cause I've never been up north and I've lived in California my whole life, but for oh, some yeah. weird reason, I would just have never gone, uh, you know, past like central California
2: yeah i mean it's like it's just crazy because like especially when we looked at the routes and we were driving like when we were doing the overnight from like berkeley to san diego i was just like this is the craziest route to like do these shows but it was just like (laughs) you like that's what like in the middle of the night driving to san diego like halfway and like stopping at a hotel and i'm just like damn the state is so fucking big like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
0: okay well uh, glad uh, right. you guys had a good time. Uh, you know, doing that whole run and being active during uh, the Godspeed era. Um, yeah, and I, I was like super stoked to uh, you know see uh, the announcement when you guys were putting out this new record, um, which I'm like super into. I, I've been listening to it like you know all day yesterday and uh, this morning. Uh, nice. Oh, uh, nice. No, thank you guys. Uh, you know, it's super awesome. But uh, obviously, um, we mentioned it a couple times. Uh, middle of the pandemic uh, was this time frame always targeted for the release of the record? Or how did this all come together? Because this is obviously strange times. And I'm always curious, like how bands during these times decide to even want to put out new music.
1: Yeah, we went back and forth with it for for a minute. But uh, really, at the end of the day, we're just like, let's just put it out. You know, we had had it ready. We're gearing up to like do big things this year, I guess. You know, just try to play as much as we can and do, you know, weekends when we can and maybe another short tour. And, yeah. uh, you know, we were just like, let's put it out. You know, we had the sonical we record. We ended up pushing the recording back a couple of months and, uh, then we just did it and we are like, let's just put it out in 2020 and just say, fuck it. Let's do, yeah. let's go into the future fresh and whatever, you know, but it's a bummer we can't play live right now, but we've we're, we got some stuff lined up that we're going to start. We're going to probably do like maybe a live stream or something like that. We're thinking about, so we'll see. But,
2: yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely weird because like we had demoed all the whole record with tone you who know, recorded Godspeed, mm-hmm. and you know it, it, we had like no idea what was happening. I think it was like you know mumbles about town and stuff about COVID, and then we set the date with John mollusk uh John Meredith at Mollusk Studios who uh recorded pay my memory um. And then it was, like, he lives uh, about, like, six blocks from where Tim and I live in Queens. Um, so it was just, like, oh, this is perfect. I'll just yeah. get to, like, walk to the studio or whatever. And then it's just, like, you know, lockdown starts, like, happening. And you're just, like, walking down, like, your block just to go record a record with your mask on. And you're just, like, this is so weird. Uh, really weird. But it was, I mean, yeah, it was, I don't think, obviously, we knew, like, how long this would happen, I think we all thought it was, you know, capricious youth where you just think like, it's just going to be over in like a month or something. You'll be playing shows in no time, but it it worked out uh, perfectly because, you know, it came out great. Uh, We hooked up with uh, our boy Mike at Dead Broke and Sam from Triple B, who's putting out the vinyl and stuff. So, I mean, in the downtime of like quarantine stuff, it was just like hashing out all that stuff. So it was like, why not just put it out now? Mm-hmm. You know, okay.
1: yeah.
2: I feel like nothing, nobody's got, everyone's got nothing but time on their hands just to listen to new music. Like I said before, you know, yeah. so it's it's not great, but you know, it's good to have it out there.
0: Yeah, I, I always I think that in, in these times, uh, where bands are putting out new records, uh, this is just giving people kind of like a head start to to bond with the music. So by the time we get to the point where uh, we're able to see it and hear it live. Everybody should be experts on these records by then.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is, we always uh, we always try to hold back from playing too many new songs like live. But I think like when, you know, if there whenever there is like a show that we can play and stuff, we can pretty much you know fill out the set with these new songs and will be you know nobody will be the wiser.
0: <laughs> so I know the the record just dropped, but uh, on the the bandcamp, the other records, the lyrics are there. But for uh, Paint My Memory, you guys only have the lyrics up for the single. Can we expect all the other lyrics to kind of trickle in at some point?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually emailed Mike, so you should be getting on that uh soon hopefully <laughs> <laughs> okay great news yeah. All
0: right. Cause I because yeah. i love that because uh, sometimes bands just don't care and they won't post anything and like uh, okay, that's fine that's uh, you know their deal but when bands you know take the time to do that i, I think it's super awesome so i get to yeah. you know kind of just um analyze the songs a little more and just try to you know kind of uh, you know just try to take a, a little more from it instead of just listening to it i like to kind of just dive into it and try to d- dissect songs
1: oh yeah. uh, yeah. i love that too i'm definitely a little, you know i'm definitely a little anal about it like about lyrics and stuff so like I definitely want to get them up there so well, i them up there soon
0: okay yeah and you mentioned uh sam triple b obviously uh shout out to triple b records awesome label got a ton oh, of great yeah. things going on uh i'm curious how you guys decided to link it with them because obviously you've been working with uh deadbrook for a really long time but to uh, you know to also work with another label like how did that come about and w- yeah, what's that was, process uh, like We have
1: our mutual friends with sam and he's put out really good stuff that i really like like uh, mind Force and candy and he's done a bunch of awesome shit and uh actually we have i think we have pat from uh yeah uh, fiddlehead Bank yeah. because he's the one who showed sam we like put him onto us because i think connor and pat go back you know we used to go see you know shows
2: with you know yeah i mean yeah. pat and i like the guy uh tim and i's old band and actually doug who used who uh film the music video for too rich to die. We all played in a band called caught up and, uh, by and stuff. And all those guys like always hung around. But like when we would play shows out of state, we would always end up playing with like guns up and like have heart. And then when Tim and I's old band agent would play out of state, Pat would always hook us up with shows. So, um, I've just known Pat for ever. And you know, when fiddlehead started playing, uh, I think we, yeah, we did a weekend with them where we played on Long Island. And then we played a show in Philly, and we were just catching up and stuff. And like a week later, he was just like, "Hey man, like, you know, uh, my my buddy Sam has this label, Triple B," and I was just like, "Oh yeah, I know Triple B. Like, you know, I haven't been living under a fucking rock." And he's just like, "Yeah man, like, I think he, I think he'd be interested in working with you guys because, you know." Uh, he's looking to kind of branch out and do like something, you know, a little different, you know, more on like the punk side. So um, it was nice. Yeah. It was shout out to Pat, my boy, congratulations on having a baby. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, Sam's been awesome. I mean, it's really cool to have his, um, have his influence on the record and stuff. It's, it's nice to have that, uh, you know, he's he's got a big name in the in the uh hardcore music scene so it's really cool to get our name out there with it
1: yeah we were always down we always like when we first started we always wanted to just play with every type of band you know we didn't want to be like we have to only play with punk bands we have to only play with you know emo bands or indie bands you know and we love hardcore bands all our friends are and you know from hardcore too and you know we just wanted to play to as many people as we could so it's like it's awesome it kind of worked out because dead broke is a super punk label and like triple b is like a hardcore label so i think it's like feels right that we're there even if we're not music that really exists on either of those labels i guess
2: so yeah it's <laughs> it's it's nice to have that where we're like we're in a good spot where we're not like defined by one like certain sound so we can kind of play like frank said like play the punk shows play the hardcore shows play whatever shows um and kind of reach as many you know new people as we can so it's nice to have it's it's cool to kind of bring both of those worlds together where it's like the dead broke scene and like the triple P scene yeah I, I think it's super awesome
0: i feel like uh, triple B they're they've been super active and they always, oh, yes. su- they always surprise me. Cause I'm just like, man, like when, like, will it, end? I, I I don't want it to end. I, I love what they're doing, but it's just like, yeah, it's just like consistent boom. Like, you know, uh, here's a new band that that's like with the label. Now it's just like consistent, like amazing bands. I was like, dude, that's so sick. So like yeah. when I saw that you guys teamed up with them, I was like, okay, that totally makes sense. And I, I was like super stoked to see that for you guys and for them too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sam's got a great label. I mean, he's, you know, like pat said you know he's trying to branch out and he he puts out like you know mind force and then he puts out fuming mouths and like wicca phase and stuff like these it's not like bound by anything specifically so it's nice to see that kind of you know broadening of the horizons and that aspect so yeah it's really cool
0: yeah i i I don't like to you know put bands or labels or anything or even myself in a box because i just don't think you uh, or i don't like to be just want to be defined by like one thing especially like when i you know like talk to you know like you guys and like the way your band sounds versus like the guests that I had on yesterday, you know, two totally different bands, but it's just like, I'm, I'm just a fan of all types of music. So I don't yeah. want to limit myself to only being like a hardcore podcast and only being able to have on like hardcore bands. So it's just like, no, that, that just didn't make sense to me. And I just wanted to just talk to everybody that I'm a fan of. Yeah.
1: Why alienate people who want to just listen to good shit, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys mentioned uh, music video, which I I think is awesome. I I love, especially these days when bands will go that extra step to want to film a music video. Uh, Can you guys talk about like what that thought process was like and how you guys came up with that idea to do that?
1: Yeah, well, we just happen to have really (laughs) talented and creative friends who are good at this kind of thing. And Doug is awesome. Our friend Dennis, uh, he did the first. He edited this one um too rich to die and then he did the first one that we well you know the other one we did for godspeed wake up um yeah he did that one that was really cool but yeah i mean it's yeah, awesome. yeah we just they have they had the idea basically we really wasn't we, we knew we wanted to get in the video and like roughly like the first one we wanted somebody to be skateboarding and this one we wanted somebody like delivering a pizza or something and you know that was really it and then doug kind of took it from there
2: yeah just hit all the long island you know pinpoints basically Long. Yeah. Island pizza guy long island skateboarder you've pretty <laughs> much explored them all <laughs> that's it that's
1: from a to b that's pretty much standing from uh nasa to Suffolk, and that's, yeah. that's something uh, else.
2: yeah no it's awesome uh i mean we're like frank said we're lucky to have uh friends that are creative and unfortunately and fortunately at the same time you know have downtime where they can help us out and uh you know do a video for us so shout outs to doug and dennis and shout out to tone again you know yeah the honorary uh fifth member pretty much at this point you know recording and all that stuff and being our little pizza boy that little monkey boy we <laughs> love him oh yeah, yeah. he's so, the funniest dude of all time yeah shout out to tone he's uh plays drums in sheer terror he's yeah. one of the best drummers on long island <laughs> maybe the world maybe not. Okay. <laughs> Who knows?
0: so uh, bringing it back to becca now i'm curious about that photo um you know yeah. tv on the side of the road is there a specific reason you chose that road or that type of tv
1: it wasn't that road and that was becca was like yo we just put it like she had a she had a vision obviously i think we were like john was like oh i can get these tvs like go ahead and do something with tvs yeah yeah and like it kind of worked out because i feel like we were living in a time of, like, insanity where so much information is coming at you. And, like, I feel like I like the kind of just... We all like the TV and the, on the fucking yeah. side of the road. Like, fuck you. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, just throw your TV. Not the, No, it should be a cell phone, really. But, you know, I mean? it's a metaphor <laughs> of, like, a TV on the side of the road. Like, paint my memory. I want to, like, forget everything I'm hearing right now. Like, you know, kind of thing. That's kind of what I take from it. We didn't, like, discuss that. But, like, that's kind of my... You know my view on
0: it. And as far as the name of the record, "Paint My Memory," I'm curious about um, what that means to you guys. And that I was, was curious uh, because there was yeah. no title track. Because I, uh, I'm always curious if bands like you know like to include a title track, you know, with the yeah. obviously the album name.
2: Well, that's yeah, a lyric from the second song. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: 422. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it was just a lyric. We didn't know what we wanted to call it. We were throwing out names, and then Tim was just like. Let's just name it "Paint My Memory." It's like a lyric in there, like mm-hmm. that I saw, and I was like, "Yeah." We were all like, "That's cool,"
2: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it came to a point where it's just like you spend like a week or two, and all our band ends up doing is making a joke out of it and you just come up with these ridiculous, like oh, God. album names. And then you're like, all right, let's get serious and actually do something right for a change. <laughs> just all like right. actually name it something. And I, I think, I think it's a great name for the record, uh, especially yeah. like in the context of that song and stuff. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it has a nice ring to it. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was,
2: I'm happy with it. You know,
1: we we really have, we have an aspiration to put out an EP and just make it, like, all Italian-themed. Yeah. Um, Because we have so many ridiculous, like, Italian names. Like, what is the, Sicilian Air? Sicilian Air. Yeah, Sicilian Air. Lydia (laughs) Redbody. Right. (laughs) Tim has, like, like, Italian names.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, the only one, we always try to, like, throw in, like, a little song title or something that's kind of ridiculous. Like, I think on godspeed it's wake up motherfuckers casual friday which is like just a joke that we had at like practice or something yeah the, the, the diet i mean the the single is too rich to die is like a, a simpsons reference where it's just like just okay. keep it true, man just just keep it funny keep, keep, laughing.
1: <laughs> keep them laughing yeah stop them crying
0: and yeah how did you guys decide on uh, too rich to die to be the single
1: that was another debate i think me and john yeah. wanted that and connor and tim wanted uh actually i think the second one but yeah. me and john always get our way so
2: no i don't know why <laughs> we all just ended up. <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean we yes, i would friends. say i wouldn't say that at all um you know we just you know let you have your times and do your thing or whatever no it's a, I mean it, it really is a great song i mean um it's hard coming up with that type of thing because i always have that thing where it's just like i don't want the single to be like the first track on the album but then it's just like i was like you can use all your options and you're just like well that's like the perfect song to like show people before like the record drops and you're just like this kind of like accumulates like everything that the record has to say so i think it's a good representation of the whole album as a whole yeah yeah
0: yeah, I, uh, when I first listened to the record, I, th- I thought it was fun that you guys put uh, the single as the the first track because I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, I'm yeah. familiar with this song, uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. And now that that's out of the way, I'm like, holy shit, I have like the rest of these songs that I've never heard of to like you know prepare for, and right, I, I was like right. a, a pleasantly surprised. Um, but b- before we move on from the the, the single, I-, I was just curious if you can dive into the the meaning of that because um, I love like the. The last couple lines, I need something to feel nothing. It's everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, I think it was inspired just by like, maybe, you know, kind of being like, what am I doing with my life? You got to just go for it and just do what makes you happy. And like, you know, I think actually being on the tour with Backtrack in California, you know, um, that was the last time that was, uh kind of an inspiration for it because it was just a blast you know we don't get to do that often and yeah we all wanted to do probably since we were like little kids playing you know in bands and garages and basements and stuff and just just being like just go for it just do what you want to do and fuck what anyone says you know
2: that's kind of what it was yeah it's like those little happy instances in your life that make up for the you know shittiness of working like whatever like nine to five or whatever it's just like i get to go out (laughs) yeah exactly. <laughs> I get to go out to the West Coast and play these shows, not even with like you know my best friends in the band that I play in, but also like people that we've known like our whole lives and stuff like a backtrack um and then see our friends that live out there and stuff. so it's just you know those little happy moments in the life make up for the rest of it,
0: okay, hell yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about uh, the third track uh, take you apart um, I'm curious why um, the titles like you know, typed out the way that it is you know with like no spacing between the words I was curious why you guys decided to um, to put it out that way I
1: think that yeah, the other dudes were kind of like why but I think Connor, you were into you're like oh it's like Prince I'm like yeah exactly. yeah I think I just <laughs> wanted to be like because it's like take you apart so it's like you have to take those words apart or something that's kind of what I was thinking it's actually another it's a band it's a record random record that i got um yeah. and the band is called take you apart and i really like this one song on it like the other songs are weird but like it's a cool i think it's like a british band or something but they're mm. they're good you should, i don't know if you can I, I don't think you can find it online honestly i tried to look and but it's called take you apart try to look it's the it cover's like a weird like checkered kind of checkerboard looking thing i don't know it's weird but that was it was like st- sitting there and i kind of just wrote the lyric because i saw the record and uh i could find it but fucking oh. Uh, up I'll send it to
0: you. <laughs> I'll take a picture. Okay, and so, yeah. and obviously it, it's still pretty early on. uh You know, still listening to the record and still trying to you know bond with it. But um, right now, the, the one track that sticks out as my favorite is the fourth track, "Accelerate Now."
1: Oh really? Oh that's... shit! Cool.
0: Yeah, which uh yeah, I, I just like when I, when I get to that track, I'm like, okay, cool. This is like uh, for some reason, yeah, I, I just like vibe with it right now. It's like this is this is my yeah. my favorite song. That's ever. a
2: that's the first song we wrote on the record yeah right yeah. it was yeah you're right we had that song like around godspeed time
0: oh
1: wow. yeah we had just finished. i think i we kind of almost wanted to maybe put it on godspeed i don't know if it was that close but like
0: yeah we, we started
1: writing we were like this is gonna be cool but let's just flesh it out and make it better right um, but yeah that was nerve we had we were sitting on that for a little while
0: yeah that, that's a long time it's a couple of years to be sitting on a song yeah like that. that's crazy yeah
1: yeah man. <laughs>
2: yeah i mean it not much changed out of it i don't think either i mean it was a pretty solid song i remember you know uh tim tried to change up like the drum part at the end of it and you know at that time when you know like we were still playing like every everything from godspeed and older songs we uh dumps who uh, from dead broke actually put out uh, put us on a show at this place beeries which is you know one of the mainstays of long island punk shows and stuff um we were just like one night you know we were just like yeah fuck it let's just play the new song or whatever
1: oh right we yeah played it it's the only time we played, and we
2: played it and i remember like you know uh everyone was just like that fucking song is insane like what the fuck is that and we were just like yeah, I don't know, and, and like, Tim was just like, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'll change up the drum part at the end, and everyone was just like, don't fucking do anything with it. <laughs>
1: it's like
2: perfect the way it is, so like, we kind of, it, it was the longest song before we recorded it, so like, in our natural, like, way of doing things, we kind of like, second guess ourselves so it's just like should we change this and then it's just like you get reinforced by your friends where it's just like don't fucking change anything that's like perfect the way it is just like play it that way and i I think it's yeah i mean it's one of my favorites from the record
1: yeah it's a fun one it's like an upbeat one and i feel like we don't always do upbeat but like i'm glad that we did that song i feel like this album has a lot of different kinds of styles Mm. yeah it's all like rock stuff but it's like You know, some happy upbeat, some, like, mid-tempo sad stuff, some, like, really slow stuff, some heavy stuff and energetic stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to just, like, hit all those boxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when I was listening um, through the record, when I got to uh, a plaster scene, I was like... I was surprised I'm like, oh, okay this is this is like you know like it's like something new like, li- like a little more aggressive and i i, I yeah. was digging it so i'm like okay cool i was like um just to hear like a, a little different side of you guys and just kind of know that you guys could uh, you know tap into these different sounds and do it well i, I was like dude this is so sick like and it just kind of like like furthers like my like idea of like your a band and like how much potential you guys have and you, you can kind of do whatever you want
1: Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Man. Thank you. We, I appreciate that. That's exactly kind of what we went into it thinking like we don't want to be tied down. Like we're all big like Beatles fans and 60s bands fans like Kinks and, and Stones and like that idea of like just changing your band to do whatever you want to do. You can you like all this stuff. Why not play yeah. all this kind of different stuff. And we early on we played a lot of we played heavier stuff like that. I mean like Falling Swingers isn't quite as heavy, but it's like kind of in that vein. And like we want it to be, you know, we love like Quicksand and like yeah. stuff like that too. And but um, shout out to Tom Sheehan from Indecision, Most Precious yeah. Blood. He sang on that. We were all big like Indecision fans growing up, and you know I love that band. And uh, Tom is was just such a nice guy. You know, I was like one day I just went up to him like, "Yo, what's up, Tom?" He like they, he booked us. Him and Bob Shed booked us at a, a show in, on the Jersey Shore that was really cool with Mindforce and uh, Fiddlehead and, yeah. and uh, a bunch of other good bands like uh, Mill Spec and yeah, really cool. That was really sick. Awesome. And then
2: yeah. we became friends yeah.
1: with them. And Tom was just cool. I had the the idea for like a screaming track and I was like, who are we going to get? And I was like, Yeah, I love Tom's voice. Let's get that, you know? So, yeah. um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think also on that song, like you said, it's kind of like, you know, it kind of takes you by surprise almost because we, when we recorded the record with John Meredith at Maltz studios, we did like all the tracks live. Um, So we were going through like all these songs and I think we we pretty much recorded true to like the track listening or whatever. So by the time that one came around, is like the sixth track. Um, we finished it, and you just hear in like your headphones. He's just like, "What the fuck was that? That was awesome." He's <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> "I didn't, I didn't know you guys could do that." And we were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, fuck it, yeah." <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear your guys' side of it, because uh, like, like I said, it, it really did take me by surprise and was a, a pleasant surprise. So I'm, um, uh, you know, happy to hear those urban sounds from you guys and to um, hear it on this new record. It, it's it's um, super cool and refreshing, especially to have new stuff, uh, you know, from uh, Somerset thrower. So it, it's, it's like super awesome and I'm super stoked.
2: Thanks, man. Cool,
0: oh, Shit. Oh, shit. Sorry. I have a good- <laughs> my, my I headphones. The are messing by up. the
1: way, it's like Blue's Clues or some shit. That's
0: oh, cool. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's funny. Okay. So um, uh, the background, this is going way back to um, to K-pop. Uh, and I'm, I'm like a newer fan. I always have to stress that. So um, if people want to call me <laughs> out I'm like whatever, I'm still learning. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess uh, I, I guess uh, bands do uh, like during the holidays, these things called like seasonal greetings. So this um, yeah. ba- a backdrop is actually the um, seasonal greetings um, uh, background to weekly. They just posted it. Um, it's like a teaser, and I was like, "Oh, that would be like a perfect like you know virtual background because it, it like that's you know, awesome." Like, yeah, it's like random like I can't equipment. I figure
2: out those backgrounds like for Zoom calls at work. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't yeah. want to like because my backgrounds would just not be <laughs> acceptable. Or something. One work. guy
1: I have to Zoom with like every month, like in like a management meeting or whatever, and he's like always oh, got like the tropical island backdrop, and he's just like, yeah. like hula dancing, and he's just like a, a silly guy, but uh, yeah, it a cool man. Yeah, i wish i knew i'd do that i'd probably
0: do it too <laughs> For sure. yeah i i don't try to get like too crazy just like something simple you know right <laughs> but okay uh so the record's out um and the going back to the release date uh november 13th it was friday the 13th was that uh did that planted at all or am i just looking too into it
2: just, no, that out just that way. like perfect yeah
1: and we were like fuck it let's just do it it's already it's like the year of friday the friday the 13th so it's like might as well just put it out on friday the 15th okay yeah it
2: kind of just happened and i was just like oh hell yeah dude yeah i don't think we i don't think anybody planned it i think someone like either sam or like mike was just like on friday the 13th and we were just like oh yeah I don't know. The days just blend, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it Just happened, and it was just like yeah. perfect. So it was cool. Cool to it was cool to share this stage with you know Jason Voorhees, Voorhees family, and stuff like that. So, respect. Respect. Oh, yeah. yeah, much respect. Shout out.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, paint my memories out now, and we're still locked down. Can't really do much. <laughs> where do you guys go from here uh do you guys just kind of let the record live and just uh, let people enjoy it online i, I know you uh, briefly mentioned maybe a l- live stream coming up in the future or are you guys already i um, you know writing more material because i know you guys are you know always staying busy trying to refine your sound um so what's yeah, definitely. next
1: we're still writing yeah yeah we're writing and we have a bunch of songs already and uh we definitely want to play a live stream is a cool idea i think you know it's definitely something we have to get used to but like mm-hmm. yeah know. Maybe not even, you know, we're going to do something. We have to do something. So we're just going to keep writing and then see what opportunities arise.
2: Yeah, we're we're locking something down, I think, for a live stream. I don't know when it'll happen, but, you know, it's not really much of a rush. But, yeah, it would be nice to be able to play live to whatever audience, virtual or whatever, what have you. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, kind of the norm going forward and that's kind of how you have to live, but... Um. Yeah. So we got a, a couple of things in the works. So hopefully we'll have some news on that. Trying to keep the record up and alive. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: we have some other tricks up our sleeve too. We have some other releases coming. Ooh. Um. Eventually.
0: Eventually. Other- Anything you can some speak on?
1: Systems. Not really yet. But I mean, there's it's benefit stuff coming out for our buddies at, for Amityville Music Hall. There's uh, yeah. did something for that. And then okay. we'll uh, eventually do a, a comp of something. So we have some songs that hopefully come out, you know, in the near future.
0: Okay. And yeah. to my knowledge, has there been a Long Island band that's done a live stream this year?
2: I'm not sure. Damn, are we going to be the first? I don't know. Maybe we you gotta tie Jewish. this down, man. <laughs> you, gotta you gotta make history. This thing down. We gotta beat them. Uh, no, I don't think. I don't think there has been actually. Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. You band. know what?
1: There, yeah. um, that band Koyo did a uh, an acoustic thing. Uh, that wasn't. I guess was that uh, a live. I don't know if it was a live stream or just like people recorded the videos, but I, I don't know. But it's something. But it wasn't really like. I don't think it was a live stream. I think it was just like a, a done like a music like. Not a music video, but like
0: you
2: know, yeah, just the video. Yeah, we got well, apparently, you know, we got to fucking lock this thing down, we got to beat them to it, you
0: know. Yeah, you go, go down to <sighs> history, Long Island <laughs> history, people look <laughs> back. <laughs> you guys, I know. like,
2: I, I kind of like the live streams. I was seeing some bands, I think, Restraining Order. Oh, did yeah, one nice a couple weeks ago, though, they mm-hmm. were all. And like uh, jumpsuits and stuff. I was just like, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) I know.
1: I wanted to, we wanted to do the slipknot thing. We
2: wanted to do prison suit, like outfits and stuff,
1: but I guess they kind of did that. So we got to do something else. Maybe we'll dress up like, you know, maybe we'll wear bikinis or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe
2: Frank will wear a bikini. We'll see. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Frank, have you had a chance to tune into any of uh, the live streams that have happened this year?
1: Um, um, couple like i watched i think young gov who i who i fuck with uh okay. they did like a live stream in like the debt like they were like i think staying in like mexico new mexico or something like that and they did a live stream after that it was pretty cool because it's like it was like lo-fi and just it was cool but um i don't really I, I don't know i listen to a lot of podcasts like i've been um you know but not i don't know if i've really watched any live streams yeah uh,
2: i i watched um yeah, I watched that restraining one. I watched the restraining, one. I watched, uh, the restraining one. Yeah, I watched, uh, yeah, that one was awesome. Uh, uh, I think I watched some of that Phoebe Bridgers one. I mean, there's not like many huge ones that like have like drawn my attention, but you know, because it's kind of it's kind of limiting where it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna sit in front of my computer and like watch this whole thing. But you know, if if you can make it interesting and stuff, I think it's worth it. So we'll see
0: yeah well I'm, I'm hoping you guys uh get to that point where you're able to lock it down and make it happen because i think that would be uh cool because th- there's not that many bands that have done live streams if you think about it so for you guys to uh you know get added yeah. to that list of bands that, uh, that has done it uh i i think it would be cool obviously th- i don't want that to be uh what is the norm, norm going forward obviously i'd much Go rather ahead. be there in person and see you guys live again um but uh for the time being i, I think th- that would be awesome to see you
2: yeah yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, we were supposed to do something with our friends over at a 27A brewery that's out on Long Island. Like a, mm-hmm. they did a beer for us. Oh, so wow. we're going to see what's going on with that. And then, uh, yeah, Wait. just try to do what you can to, you know, keep your name out there. Try <laughs> to branch out to the local. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So I, I'm not a beer drinker, but I'm curious, like what kind of beer did they make for you guys? Because I'm so curious. That, that's really cool.
2: Yeah, no, they made like a, uh, I think it's a dry hop Pilsner. Uh, uh We had some the other day. It was, it was really good. Uh, easy to drink. Ryan Cook, who owns, um, who owns
1: 27A, he's like big into just making a, like drinkable be- beers, like easy to drink and just like, yeah. you know, so it, it's tasty. It's, you know, good, simple. It's
2: yeah, nice. he's, he's uh He's a great guy him Melissa his wife um they got a great brewery that's out on Long Island if you're in the area by chance you stop by twenty seven a and uh they're the best in the game right now
0: <laughs> okay so but before we go i i have to ask you guys as uh you know locals I had some friends mention uh to me about a place called all American. And I've talked to, like, a, a ton of people uh, who, you know, talk about how awesome it is. But uh, more recently, yeah. I was on vacation with somebody who lives on Long Island, and he told me that he wasn't a fan. He told me that it was – he said it was hyped up, and he was kind of, you know, going – he sounded like a hipster, to be honest. And I was, like, really surprised. I was like, dude, you're the only local that is not down for it. So I, I got to, you know, continue to try to ask the locals, like, what's up with All-American? you guys down for it, or is it good?
1: No, oh, he's
0: yeah. a hater. He's a hater. <laughs> we no, made a fucking shirt cute, face around it
1: it's just cheap good yeah we did john made a shirt based around the i don't know if you've seen that and that's why you bring it up but like we have a shirt that's actually like and we made a cassette of godspeed in like the font and like yeah. artwork of uh, all american so they're, we, we they're just like grew people. up going there it's like yeah a good, cheap place you know they have knishes and yeah. like burgers and hot dogs and
2: frank what's your go-to order at all american right now
1: honestly i used to get the quarter pounder with cheese but now i'm just trying to be a good boy and not be such a ass and uh, I uh, I just get the regular cheeseburger now, and it's good. actually talking. Right. The onion rings, though, the onion rings.
2: Onion oh. rings, type. All right, here's mine. Okay. It's double double. I gotta have I gotta have a knish or a <laughs> cheese. I gotta have the onion rings. And if and if I'm feeling surly, I'm gonna get myself a shake. It's nice there. Ooh, wow. shakes okay. are great. Oh so good but yeah it's a it's it's a staple it's a it's south bay cinema is again An institution from you know, those places i mean uh i don't know about your friend i don't want to i don't want to shit talk or <laughs> what's his name what he with?
0: <laughs> should i air him out <laughs>
2: yeah i mean uh, uh, it's i lived i lived like a few blocks away from there when i lived in massapequa yeah. uh and yeah i went there way too much but it doesn't. It doesn't. uh, Yeah, it doesn't. It Does doesn't your friend have a weak stomach?
0: No. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll I'll tell you guys his name off air because I I think a lot of people know who he is and I don't want to uh, you know do that to him. I don't want to uh, him to get a random storm of hate uh, for you know talking to him about All American. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's pretty much like it's the Long Island version of In and Out, but there's only one of them. Okay. You know, like Maybe, that kind yeah, of thing. I mean, it's kind of like that where, but it's, it's a smaller operation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's privately owned. Like they, they close in the winter. They don't need any like franchises or anything. They oh. just, it's crazy. I mean, you go there sometimes in the summer and the line's like down the fucking block. Yeah. Yeah. And you wait on that fucking line. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, dude, this has been so awesome, obviously I'm a you know, fan of the band, but I'm really stoked that you guys were cool I'm really happy with the way this went um, but before we go, is there anything else you guys want to shout out or plug before we sign off?
2: Um just the record man <laughs> i think that's what we i think that's what sam and mike would want us to do so you know buy the record wherever buy it from somerset thrower from dead broke records from triple b records we got we got our own coffee now we're Ooh. like branching out and it stuff kinda, you know, it's crazy. Crazy. yeah i don't know no there's uh i mean support you know small businesses Fucking 27a brewery fucking yeah. everything you can as far as that goes but yeah i mean and then same thing smoke any bands and artists that you can support during this time it's fucking it's all love yeah hell yeah it's important
0: all right and is, it, is that it frank do you want to say anything else
2: uh, that's it jamie
1: it's been nice talking with you man i appreciate yeah, you uh, uh, asking us to do this yeah, yeah this was a lot of fun man
2: thanks so much
0: all right well
2: you're our first you're our first uh podcast ever so
0: oh, that's awesome know. thank you thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well seriously it, it was my pleasure i'm down to do it again in the future maybe a couple of years when the next record yeah. comes out I'll, I'll reach out stay in touch um, Definitely, but all right seriously thank you guys again for tuning in and listening this has been another episode of the jamie rk podcast always on top